right, yo, yo, what's up, everybody, and welcome inside Sportstopia Fantasy Fire and Ice right here on the Sportstopia HQ YouTube in association with the Better Sports Network. You haven't seen my face before if you've been watching this program. I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. And for the first time today, get to meet my good buddy, Stu Durst, Monotone Football. Coming up on the program today, it is a high holy day in the world of sports. It is week one, day one of the NFL season. We get the big matchup tonight between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. We're going to get into that, break that down. Also going to get you some DFS plays, prop bets, all the good stuff you need for the upcoming weekend. Got some news to get into as well. But my man, Stu Durst, it's good to meet you. Good to be doing this program with you. Good to be on board. And you know what? As it's, um, I, I can't wait to see what you have to say about this upcoming slate in week one. Yeah, thank you for the introduction, man. I couldn't be more happy to be here. Like you said, it's Christmas morning, baby. We've been waiting all year for this. You know, I was kind of co- hoping to come on here, you know, clean shaven, good haircut. Got a little bit under the weather, but pure willpower is kind of pushing us through right here. I mean, who couldn't be hyped for this? I am. I mean, Lions Chiefs, that's like the best possible start we could get right here. So super pumped to chat football with you today, man. No doubt about it. Now, first thing we got to do, we got to take care of some of the business at hand. That's first and foremost. If you are new to the Sportstopia HQ YouTube, you need to hit that subscribe button. We need to get those numbers up. Please support us like that. And then it's a QR code on, on the screen, right? Now, I am terrible with these QR codes, right? Because, like, I always miss it. I'm always too late or something like that. But you can take your phone, put this on the QR code, and it'll take you to the optimizer that we use over here. And there's a number of different ways you can sign up for that. As a matter of fact, you can give it a seven-day test drive. It will only cost you $1. And you're going to make so much money, you'll be able to turn it over several times. So hit that QR code so we can get to the business as it is. And, of course, Stu... Travis Kelsey, first-round fantasy draft pick in redrafts. He waits until everybody's finished drafting to hyperextend his knee and send the fantasy football world into a tizzy. But as of right now, it is looking like Kelsey is going to be a game-time decision. How are you handling Kelsey when it comes to your DFS lineups tonight? Or are you saying, okay, Kelsey's out, back of my mind, not even worried about it? Or do you think there's a way to take advantage of this situation if he does play? Yeah, I think the way I will take advantage of it is just by playing no Kelsey no matter what. I think even go. if he does get out there, I think it's going to be one of those situations where he's purely working as a decoy, right? You want that presence. You want to lure those safeties up a little bit and create more work for other guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, some of these other wide receivers down the field. I love Travis Kelsey. I understand the hype. I understand why you'd want to play Travis Kelsey no matter what if he's in there. But from everything we're seeing, I mean, this is just inflammation. This is pain, something he can play through if this was maybe the Super Bowl. But this is week one against the Lions, right? And when you're a team with Super Bowl aspirations, I don't think there's any real pressure right there to force Kelsey in an uncomfortable situation where he might be, you know, exposed to re-injury or something like that. So from my side of the table, whether he suits up, whether he doesn't suit up, I don't have much interest. I think if he does go out there it's going to be in a very limited role mostly serving as a decoy for his other guys out there very good you know what i'm saying and i had a future that's a good breakdown of the situation right there now there's a whole bunch of things that goes around one person being out obviously if you're watching this you've played dfs for years you know what i'm saying so we want to get into that and break that down i want to touch on another storyline from this game that is developing uh dominant three technique defensive player of the year type player uh chris jones at a charity event yesterday, said, listen, he just wants to get a raise. Can you blame him? You know what I'm saying? He just wants to get a raise. But 
if the deal is done, there is a contract done that he will play tonight. Now, Jones was dominant last year. And Stu, one thing about a three technique, if they get in the paint, they can wreck a quarterback's day. But if Chris Jones is not there, I think Jared Goff can be in a pretty good spot tonight. How are you – people don't look at the handicap, how a defensive injury affects the game or the point spread. But this right here is a big loss for the Chiefs' defense. Yeah, and not only the pass rushing, right? You covered that part. We got to remember, he also had his best season in rush defense last year as well. Not only was he dominant um, getting after the quarterback, he was also really slowing down running backs as well from the interior. So for me, I don't know if he's going to play. It really doesn't look like it right now. All these contract negotiations and holdouts, even if he does sign, I know you said he's going to play tonight, but how many snaps can we exactly. really depend on a guy, right? No preseason, nothing like that, no warm up. And when we look at the other side of this matchup, that Lions offensive line is really good, right? How do you build a team? It's through the trenches. That's exactly what the Lions have done over these last couple seasons on both the defensive and offensive line. So I do think Jared Goff is going to have plenty of time. And I think because Jones is out, I think we're going to see them a little bit more comfortable with Goff having more time to throw and guys like David Montgomery benefiting from some better holes up the middle. Are you excited about Montgomery on this team last year as considering the facts of what Jamal Williams did last year. Like people think that okay, Montgomery's going to immediately step in to that Jamal Williams role, score touchdowns, and then be in the end zone doing that silly dance like Jamal Williams. Is that how it's going to play out for Montgomery this year? I think it is. I think it is. The I dance mean, too? Uh, maybe, not <laughs> maybe not the dance. But right when you look at every single advanced metric before the season started, David Montgomery and Jamal Williams rank out fairly similarly in terms of broken tackle rate. They're both fairly consistent runners. And I think we're going to ask them to both do the same thing, which is like you said, once we get in the red zone, we're just going to hand it off to you. And we don't need David Montgomery to score 16 touchdowns like Jamal Williams did. I mean, if you look at some of his futures numbers right now, you can actually bet him to just score six touchdowns at minus 140 or seven touchdowns at plus 110. I know that off the top of my head because those are two bets I just made recently. So I love this. Like I said before, I love that you have a great offensive line in front of you, a better offensive line than David Montgomery has ever had with those Bears, right? I mean, this is a good opportunity for him. And I understand Gibbs is great. He has a lot of hype. I think when we talk about um, the lineups tonight, we're going to get into that a little bit more. But I do think David Montgomery is maybe being a little slept on so far this year. That's interesting. Going in about the mid-round of season-long drafts, you know what I'm saying? But I think he is going to be an interesting piece to take a look at tonight. And let's get ready to at least begin to start the process of breaking down uh, some of the things we want to look at and discuss tonight. Obviously, this is the alpha game, the kickoff game of the season. Now, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Let me just, you know, before we get into breaking down the game. You know, I thought this is just me being the NFL schedule maker. Let's say I was the NFL schedule maker. I would have ran it back because the Eagles play in Kansas City this year. I'd have ran Eagles back versus Chiefs. Night one, rematch of the Super Bowl, and that's how it starts. When I see the Lions, my first thought was the NFL is selling fantasy football because this is going to be up and down, scoring back and forth. The total in this game, though, 54 and a half, now down to 53. Is that sharp money attacking that line, or is that people sleeping on, or people saying, okay, let's bring the, this total down because Travis Kelsey's not here? I think it is pretty sharp money, actually. I mean, I know you're thinking a tight end. Does he really have that much of an effect on this market? But when we look at the rest of those weapons, like we mentioned earlier, it's kind of 
so important how much room Travis Kelsey creates for those other guys, right? If you put any of those other wide receiver groupings on any other team, I think people would be very, very disappointed in that group, right? And when you take Travis Kelsey out, that's a pretty big deal. So for me, I'm never really a big fan. I don't know about you of taking overs on, you know, totals like 54. It's really hard for me to get there kind of no matter what. I think that's a tough number to get over. Now take out one of the best players in football. I think this game, we might see a little bit more running than people expect. I know that's not what people maybe want to hear on this kind of broadcast, right? But I think it might start a little slower than people expect. All right, let's get ready to hop on over. I told you already, you can hit that QR code on the screen to take you to the Contrarian Edge Optimizer, all the good tools that they got over there at Sportstopia. So what this optimizer does right here, we can put in the different things, the league, the DFS provider, the slate. We're going to go to the showdown slate, times, custom projections. They got a litany of projections from a number of different places. You run the optimizer. And I ran the optimizer pre-show. And you know what? Let's just say in case, you know, something changed, hit it again. Still got the same lineups coming up. Oh, let me take Travis Kelsey out because we don't think Kelsey is playing. Let's see Kelsey anywhere else. Let's get Kelsey out of lineups. Generate a lineup again with the optimizer. Like I said, you hit that QR code. You can test drive this baby for $1 for seven days. It's not a bad deal right there. Get down with the get down because you will make the money back. First one, this is a blended lineup from taking statistical data from a number of different data providers. Patrick Mahomes, Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Isaiah Pacheco, Jared Goff in that last util spot right there. Let's start with Khalif Raymond. I did not expect to see this name in this low price total. Um, he's a dude that I have in season-long leagues. You get to bye weeks and you need to pick somebody up, and Khalif Raymond is normally there, and he gave me a donut. So why is the optimizer throwing him out tonight? We don't want donuts donuts to start night one, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. You got to have savings, right? When you have this many star okay. players, you got to find that savings somewhere. You got to plug the nose, kind of close your eyes for a second, just click on it. I think Raymond pops up for a number of reasons. Obviously, we know this wide receiver group is very thin. Jamison Williams will not be playing for the first six weeks. We're bringing back veterans like the ghost of Marvin Jones, who's still around. I think that does open up opportunities for guys like Raymond who can slip in there. Another interesting thing, too, he's one of the only guys in this whole team on a multi-year contract. We've noticed that this Lions team has consistently utilized these one-year prove-it deals to kind of bolster the the other positions on the team and Raymond is one of the few guys that actually locked in a multi-year deal before the season started so that to me shows some confidence confidence in him they want him here for the next couple years and I think he might sneak up on people in this first week that's interesting that that, that nugget about the Lions and their contract situation I would have never thought to look into that you know what I'm saying that's that's good stuff right there now you you did mention um you know as far as Raymond and him trying, no, as, as, as Marvin Jones, it's so funny you mentioned that because I was looking at their, their 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 depth chart the other day and I was like, Marvin Jones still on this team? Like, I couldn't believe them MJJ, Marvin Jones still out there getting it done. But listen, you get an NFL check for this long, you deserve it. So shout out to Marvin Jones. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be getting a lot of NFL checks for a long time. The optimizer spits his name out as well. Now, obviously, he's a more pricey player, 10-2 coming in as that value right here, taking up about... 20% of the salary cap projected points value coming in about round 20 fantasy points. Amon Ross St. Brown has, has stepped into being a top target in season long leagues down the stretch. He was going as high as eight, nine overall. So a lot of people with big expectations, very optimistic for St. Brown after the season last year and coming into this year into what I think is going to be 
a pretty good offensive spot for him tonight. Yeah, it's hard not to like him on Ross St. Brown, right? I mean, they're going to be, he's probably going to be one of the most popular plays on the slate today and even in future games, as long as this Lions team has a super high total right here. I think my one concern is just how, how does it, you know, like you said, he's going number eight in fantasy drafts. Is this guy really better already than Devontae Adams? You know, so guys like that we know have put up elite production year after year. I'm not quite sure. I think you had an amazing word right there, optimistic. People are really kind of putting a lot of their personal feelings on a guy like Amon Ra. The good thing is the Chiefs secondary isn't great, right? They rated out middle of the pack in pretty much every stat last year. We know they're going to give up points. We know they're going to score points, right? Especially if the Chiefs are ahead, we're going to have to force the Lions to be in a more pass-heavy game script, which means a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown should benefit. I think the biggest thing for me is he doesn't really get downfield too much. He's obviously an amazing route runner, but he does do a lot of his work in the short and intermediate range. We've seen that with the low A dot from Goff. We've seen that with the low yards per target from Amon Ross St. Brown. So for me, I like Amon Ross St. Brown, but I'm not sure if he has maybe the slate breaking upside that some of these other top end wide receivers have so for that reason i'll probably have a little bit less of him than maybe the the general public will tonight i wrote down the name Devonte adams you mentioned him and i want to get back to that at some point throughout the course of the program today right and you talked uh, glowingly about saint brown and then you mentioned jared golf right if you are the lions would you extend jared golf <laughs> Probably not. Um, probably not. I try to keep him around as long as it makes sense. I think he's an okay quarterback that can kind of keep their system going. To be honest, I would have probably tried to shoot for the stars in the first round this year. Maybe go for an Anthony Richardson, let him sit for a year, let him learn the system and then go all out next year. Now I'm not sure what the plan is right now. They're a little bit more committed to Jared Goff than I would have been, but I do think he gets the job done for now. It's just not their long-term option in my opinion. Uh, another player take up about 13% of your bankroll on DraftKings tonight. Name I've seen floating around in a couple of spots is Isaiah Pacheco. Obviously, Kansas City's offense is going to multiply to different places tonight. But Isaiah Pacheco, 6,800 uh, projections, depending on where you look at, but the blend projection that you get with this uh, optimizer right here is telling us 12.41. What do you think about Pacheco tonight? Like, you know, I, when it comes to the Chiefs, I'm to me, it's like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and then everybody else. Yeah, I'm a big Jarek McKinnon guy. He's one of actually my most owned okay. fantasy players, my most owned best ball players, and I love that – yeah, I love wow. that receiving upside he has. You can get him, obviously, for significantly cheaper than a guy like Pacheco, who mostly gives you that kind of first and second down work, and then they kind of sub him off the field on those third downs, those two-minute drills. For me, when I look at this Chiefs backfield, I want those most important touches, right? I want those red zone touches, and I want those receiving touches. And for me, I think a guy like Jerick McKinnon fits that bill a little bit more. The good news is that, obviously, when you're a team as good as the Chiefs are, you're going to constantly be ahead. And when you're constantly ahead, you want to slow the game down a little bit more. You want to control pace a little bit more. And that's where a guy like Pacheco can really stand. So if you're confident that, you know, maybe the, the Chiefs actually take care of business and this four-point spread is an overreaction and you love the Chiefs today, then you probably should be playing a lot of Pacheco because you think they're going to be controlling the pace. But I think it's a little bit of a closer game. I think we see a little bit more throwing. And I think a guy like Jerk McKinnon could be a pretty solid pivot right there. That's interesting uh, right there. When you did the miser and I locked Jerick McKinnon in to a couple of well, not I, I locked McKinnon into all the lineups. Um, I want to ask you about one more player, then we'll get to these lineups. And here's the, this is this is my thing. Right. And I understand. I'm going to ask you about two players. And I understand 
you know, the thought process behind DFS and the way we attack these games and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm sick of Demarcus Robinson and hearing about the next Tyreek Hill and these dudes, right? And every year, oh, I got to get MVS and got to get Sky Moore and got to get Rasheed Rice and Kadarius Tony. And then you get on the field and it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I'm, what are we doing with these poverty, these poverty wide receivers, Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, and Rasheed Rice? You know what I'm saying? What are we doing with these guys? It's tough. It's the question I'm trying to avoid. For me, I'm just trying to go to <laughs> well, Patrick <laughs> Yeah, no, literally. I'm trying to get as much Patrick Mahomes as I can and then minus the rest of these guys, right? Why trust these individual, like you said, very fluky wide receivers when I can just go to the source, when I can go to the guy that has back-to-back 300 passing yard seasons? For me, a guy like Rashi Rice might not even play, right? We have no clue if he's going to suit up. We don't know if Richie James is going to suit up. We really don't even know the depth chart. Justin Ross, another guy who people are seemingly playing I'm not even sure if Justin Ross is going to play an NFL snap this year. So I definitely would not have him in my DFS lineups tonight. But to answer your question, I'm trying to avoid, avoid, avoid. Because like you said, even a guy like MVS, who we know is going to be out there, we know he's going to be running 80% of routes tonight. He's not a great wide receiver. (laughs) We know this, right? And trust a guy like that, especially at the salary he's at right now, is very, very tough for me. The only one I'll sprinkle a little bit of is probably Kadarius Tony. I know he's never on the field. I know when he does get on the field, he always pulls that hamstring. But man, for those <laughs> like three to four routes that he runs when he's out there, he's electric. The guy is absolutely lightning in a bottle. So I'm gonna have to get just a little bit of Kadarius Tony just in case he goes off tonight. Kadarius Tony needs to join Cooper Cup at the hamstring specialist. <laughs> <laughs> that thing that Cooper Cup told us he was going to go see. Um, boy, I tell you what, the, the Patrick Mahomes thing, right? Are you familiar with Jake Seeley? He's like a ranking season-long guy. Cool guy. I used to work with him a couple times. I'm in his flex league. You should do a show with him. Very popular show called Fantasy Football Frenzy, right? And he used to have this commentary where he would say, and you just this is you described it with Patrick Mahomes. Why buy the icing when you can buy the cake? So it's like, why are you dealing with all of these no-name poverty wide receivers when you can just go get Patrick Mahomes? You see what I'm saying? And that's exactly what I think the theory is. Let's get into some of these um, lineups right quick. Get your thoughts on it. This is the blended lineup. Now, with this optimizer right here, you can hit your QR, you hit the QR code and check it out for yourself. Give it a test drive, right? The blended optimizer gives us Jarek McKinnon, Patrick Mahomes, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jared Goff, Isaiah Pacheco, and Josh Reynolds. We've discussed all of those players except for Josh Reynolds. What do you think? That's and is that kind of the direction that you think we should be looking to go tonight? I would uh, McKinnon up in that top spot. I do. No, that lineup sounds great to me. I've already this bet. Right, wasn't it? <laughs> I was reading it like, I'm going to write this down. <laughs> no, same here. I've actually already bet Josh Reynolds for tonight. Last night I posted his um, receiving yards at 23 and a half. I thought that was mm-hmm. a little bit disrespectful. We've now seen the market adjust a little bit up to 26 and a half. We got to remember, this is a guy that averaged 39.9 yards per game last year, despite the fact for the most of the season, he was really irrelevant, right? DJ Chark was in there. We had TJ Hawkinson for the first half of the season. When he finally did get those opportunities to play, right? When he finally did play 50, at least 50 snaps a game, he averaged 59 yards per game. So that's proof. If he had opportunity, he was able to take advantage of it last year. What I like is he's a downfield target, right? 11.8 
a dot. That's in comparison to a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, who, like I said earlier, is running a lot of short and intermediate routes. And when he's your best wide receiver, the safeties have to respect that. We're going to see those double teams on a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown. We're going to see that safety help for a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown. That leaves one-on-one downfield situations with Josh Reynolds, who you don't need to believe in the talent, right? We just need one catch. To me, it kind of feels like Marquez Dada Scantling, but just at a cheaper price on the other side. And especially, like, who's the competition? It's Khalif Raymond. Um, you know, I don't know. It's the no same point. dudes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Them same dudes we talked about earlier. Um, here's a different one right here, but a little bit more of a running back slant to it. McKinnon, Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, Montgomery, Gibbs, and Sky Moore. Yeah, I don't mind that. I think for me, I'm not going to be doubling up on Gibbs Montgomery. I think that's a unique way to kind of get away from the field, especially because a lot of people are anticipating Gibbs to have insane receiving production. But I'm not so confident in that. Obviously, I like Gibbs. I'm a big fan of what he did at Alabama. Great prospect. You can tell the Lions absolutely love him. But when I hear quotes like, we're going to use Jameer Gibbs in very interesting ways, I think people immediately think the receiving game, right? But I don't know if that would surprise anyone, right? I don't know if that would be a surprising way to use him. That's the only way he's ever been used for his whole career. So I'm kind of curious. Maybe maybe that's a little bit of a misdirect right there. Maybe we're going to see a little bit more Gibbs between the tackles than people are expecting and a little bit less of him out in the slot. So I like a guy like David Montgomery a little bit more, and I probably won't be doubling up with both Montgomery and Gibbs in my lineups. Love it. Good information right there from my man, Stu Monotone Football, Stu Durst. Hey, hey, Stu, right? So I'm going to get ready to hop into some props and stuff like that and break this game down from that way, right? You you, you like to, you know, you'd like to do underdog fantasy and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. All right, cool. So before I get into that stuff, that QR code, take your phone, hit that QR code. I'm telling you, that lineup I just read is from this optimizer right here that you get right over here at Sportstopia HQ. So hit the QR code, then hit the subscribe button, then hit the like button, and then we'll be good to go. That's the support that we ask for you today. Other than that, this information is coming to you really for $1 for this optimizer for the seven-day free trial. All right, I want to start with something that I put in my underdog. Oh, man, this is a, a price change on me. Interesting. Okay. I want to start with something I put in my underdog fantasy queue right quick. And I'm glad this didn't change. Patrick Mahomes rushing 17 and a half. Yeah, that's an interesting number for me. It opened at like 12, 13. And I think that's uh, kind of like the sweet spot, right? That's the kind yeah. of number you absolutely love to see. But the good thing is the Lions are a team that utilizes a lot of man coverage, right? They trust their guys in man coverage. They ran that at the fifth highest rate last season. And what that means is quarterbacks are going to have those good scramble opportunities, right? They're not sitting back in the zone. They're not waiting. They're just fully focused on their assignment out there. And that led to some absolutely insane rushing totals with guys like Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields both going over 90 yards. And then a bunch of comparable guys, right? Lesser athletes, Sam Darnold, Trevor Lawrence, these kind of guys clearing 20 yards easily. So for me, even though the value isn't quite as amazing as it was before, I do think Mahomes is going to have plenty of scramble opportunities, especially if Kelsey isn't out there, right? His favorite target isn't there. You're going to have to trust your legs a little bit more. Yeah, and that, and that was my theory behind it too right there. You know what I'm saying? I figured without Kelsey there, it ain't going to be Rasheed Rice and them stiffs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It'll be uh, Patrick Mahomes trying to get it done on the ground. I see my man Mo Diesel has a question in the chat. Now, we will answer every question that comes up in the chat, but you have to hit that like button. That's how you pay for the, the, the question. You hit the like button, and then we're good to go. So, Mo Diesel, I take your word that you've hit the like button. So I will ask you this, um, Stu. Start two and a half point PPR, Osborne, 
Oh, I'd say, why are you doing? I'm about to say, wait a minute. But now I see he said I lost cup. I'm about to say, what in the hell are you starting KJ Osborne for tonight? But okay, now I see, I see why now. So Osborne, Juju, Warren, my guess had to be Jalen Warren, MVS, and Devin the Chain, the Miami Dolphin running back. So Osborne, KJ Osborne in Minnesota, the Vikings are home uh versus Tampa, Juju home versus the Eagles. Warren home versus the Niners, MVS tonight, and a chain. And if I hope I'm pronouncing that name correct. The, the rookie running back in Miami, he will be out west in the Chargers in that matchup between the Dolphins and the Chargers. What do you think about this one? He needs two of these guys right here. Yeah, <laughs> that's Bro, like I said, I'm looking at this team like you just drafted. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough spot to be in week one for me. I think you probably do, unfortunately, have to go MVS right there just with the upside. We kind of did say some negative stuff about yeah. him earlier, but it's kind of clear, right, with the situation you're in. A guy like Warren, I like for the second half of the season, but we got to remember all this hype in the offseason, that doesn't mean he's just stolen Najee Harris's job, right? It's clearly a 1A, 1B committee right now. So while I love that you have Warren on your team, I, I, I think it's a little bit too early, unfortunately, to plug him in the starting lineup. So for me, it's probably got to be MVS and Juju right there. I know Juju isn't the, the safest target in the world but he's someone that's going to provide you a reliable floor probably get you four or five catches 40 yards and you got to hope you get a touchdown in there somewhere especially they're going to be trailing the whole game they're playing the eagles yeah they they are going to be trailing all game what do you think about the 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 patriots wide receiver crew because listen i love it like whenever people talk about like you so if, if i criticize a quarterback people like like dak prescott like justin fields oh they don't have no weapons right then i criticize then People criticize Mac Jones. They never say that Mac Jones don't have no weapons. And Lord knows Mac Jones don't have no weapons. Where are you at on the weapons in, in New England? Yeah, it's kind of like the, all the backups on the Chiefs, kind of like we were just saying. Just a yeah, exactly. Of like <laughs> wide receiver threes on other teams, which is pretty ugly. So I agree. I do think Mac Jones could use a little bit of, of an excuse right there. I think that's more of a, a failure on the Patriots organization. But I think Devontae Parker is going to be solid this year. I think he's proven that he's a reliable outside wide receiver. He'll get you the contested catches, but he's not going to get you any separation right Juju's going to be over the middle not running super deep routes I like a guy like Kendrick Bourne I think he can do a lot of creative stuff they can use him in the he's fast Kendrick Bourne is fast mm -hmm. he's quick he, he has that on the yeah side. so they've got some solid guys over there but I think that's actually a really good point is maybe we direct a little bit less hate towards Matt Jones and maybe a little bit more to the rest of these guys or at least the organization they don't develop wide receivers well um at all in that organization you never see them draft a wide receiver and the wide receiver hits. And then you've seen Hall of Fame wide receivers. Like, what's my man named Reggie Wayne went there? And he was like, I'm out of here. It's not uh, conducive to wide receivers. But we'll get to uh, some of that more stuff a little bit later on. I want to touch on tonight's game, get back to tonight's game. The anytime touchdown scorer market, a very popular market, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people like to get on it. It's a way to make your entertainment of watching this game, you know, go by a little bit more uh, faster. Now, where are you at with – Laying in an undertime touchdown scorer market, right? Not the first or the last, anytime touchdown. Are you comfortable laying minus money in this market? It's a little harder. It's a little harder. I, I think I think you have yeah. to be like really confident. You know what I mean? I think that's one of those situations where a lot of the times, especially week one, right? These anytime touchdown markets have been up for way longer than your average week, right? In a normal week, they'll pop up on Thursday and they'll have time to adjust over the course of one or two days. The problem with week one is they've had about 
three months to adjust to these numbers, right? So it's not yeah. like we're finding any hidden gems right there, you know? So for me, I don't love to go in the minus category. If I'll get something, you know, a wide receiver one at like minus 105, a Devontae Adams, like we talked about earlier, just around that even money, then I feel much more comfortable. But for some of these guys that we see the sports books put at even money now, I'm not, I, you have to be really, really good for me to trust you there. Yeah, Isaiah Pacheco is minus 105. So, yeah, that's a no for me, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not doing that with Isaiah Pacheco. You know, to me, the anytime touchdown market, it's like, I like this is not the, the correct numbers. Now, you like Jerick McKinnon, he's at plus 175. Yeah, I mean, and I think too, I think if you line shop that a little bit, you check a couple books, I think. You probably can get a better fan. I think you can get a 210, 200. I think that's a very interesting one. I mean, if you look at those second half of last season, right, McKinnon went on a crazy hot touchdown streak where he was getting one every game. I don't know if that kind of consistency stays the same, but I do love, like we know the Chiefs are so creative in the red zone. They're the most creative red zone offense we have in the league. They're always using backup tight ends, backup wide receivers. So for me, that takes away the value on a guy like Pacheco, right? When we know Noah Gray could score a touchdown or Blake Bell or any one of these random tight ends. And I think it makes me want to go to a guy like Jerick McKinnon, who I know is going to be out there, you know, running routes out of the slot and being that kind of safe check down option for Mahomes. No doubt. That's that one. That's that, excuse me, 175 plus 175 on FanDuel. Uh, a very popular in game or late round pick at the tight end spot was Detroit Lion tight end Sam LaPorter. His anytime touchdown number for tonight's Opening night game is three to one plus three hundred on FanDuel. Sam Laporta, popular in-game tight end. Any shot on that one tonight? Is that going to make you? You know, Laporta is a guy that I do like in the fantasy football world. But what's one thing we know year after year to be true is that rookie tight ends have it's it's a learning curve, right? These are guys that come into yeah. the league and are not immediate producers, really, no matter what your draft position is. And that's when we're discussing guys that are first-round picks. Laporta does not have that same kind of draft capital. The good news. They pretty much got rid of everyone else. There's it's, it's no other option, right? Yeah, it's just it's him. him. So for me, I'm not going to be betting on him today. I'm not going to be playing him today, but I think he's someone to keep a very close lookout for, right? Because as the season goes on and on, he gets more comfortable in that role. I think he's going to be a guy that really does produce. But week one, it's going to be a pass for me. I'll watch and see. If you drafted him, Kelsey, in a season-long league, and your tight end, too, is – Laporta, but you have Hayden Hurst on the waiver wire. You going to get Hayden Hurst or are you playing Laporta? Oh, the funny thing. Oh, that's so good. That's a great question. I think that's why they, that's why they <laughs> brought me here, Stu. I was going to say, maybe you pick up a guy like Hurst, but you, you got to it immediately. I'd probably play Laporta. I know Hurst just doesn't have okay. the upside. And at the end of the day, I'm trying to shoot for upside. Laporta we're talking about a 53-point total, right? There's going to be scoring opportunity after scoring opportunity. At the end of the day, Hayden Hurst will give you a three for 25, couple points. That might do you good. That might not. It might burn you at the end of the week. Laporta could give you zero, right? But I think Laporta is much more likely to give you 11, 12, 13 fantasy points and really make your week than Hayden Hurst, who kind of gives you a three or four. Uh, you mentioned Khalif Raymond earlier. Khalif Raymond, anytime touchdown number is plus 650. This is something that I can get behind. Yeah, no, I'd much rather go to the little bit of the deeper odds, right? You, that way you, you're only risking 10 bucks, you know, something like that. There's yeah, no way exactly. you got to commit to all that. And yeah, he's going to be the wide receiver three on this team. He's going to have opportunities in three wide receiver sets once they get down to the red zone. I think he has plenty of opportunities. So I like Raymond. I have no problems with that. I would definitely sprinkle that number. 
Now, my favorite wager in the touch in the anytime touchdown scorer market, when since I hit it in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, well, really the past two years, but when when I hit it with Mahomes as the first touchdown scorer at twenty five to one, I could have cut the game off then. I hit it last year with Jalen Hurts. I could have cut the game off then. I, I was good. Now, I, so I like quarterbacks in the anytime touchdown market. Now, these are rushing touchdowns for those of you who may be novice. Patrick Mahomes plus three sixty for a rushing touchdown. Jared Goff plus eight fifty for a rushing touchdown. Obviously, you would think that Mahomes has a better shot. The odds indicate that, and the youth <laughs> indicate that as well. But what about Jared Goff? So if you was to get into one of these quarterbacks as an anytime touchdown scorer, who would it be? Yeah, it's got to be Mahomes. I just think the only way Goff can get there is a quarterback sneak pretty much, right? And sneak, so the, at yeah. that point, you're mm-hmm. betting on the Lions to be at some point in the game exactly on the one or two yard line, which is tough for me. Well, Mahomes, we know he can scramble out the pocket. We know he's kind of willing to put his body on the line a little bit more, make those you know nice diving touchdowns. So for me, I like Mahomes. And yeah, probably not going to get to Goff rushing touchdown. Yeah, probably not going to happen. Um, so there you go. We got a full breakdown for you right here on Sportstopia HQ Fantasy Fire and Ice. You see that scroll on the bottom of the screen? That's how you follow on Twitter, Sportstopia HQ. And obviously, like and like, subscribe and then hit the like button on these uh, streams on the YouTube channel. And don't forget that that um you got to hit that QR code and get that good old optimizer. That'll really help you be profitable player and daily fantasy sports. I want to turn the page to, to, to some of these weekend games. And I think there's some very interesting ones. Do you play Survivor by any chance? I do play Survivor. I love Survivor. All right. Good. So we, we, we can discuss that a little bit too. Um, I want to let, – let's – Cooper Cup, hamstring specialist. I never heard of a hamstring specialist before in my life. So whatever. Call it what you want to call it. Hamstring specialist. So now this Ram team is going against Seattle – Seattle is laying five and a half at home. This is one of the popular favorite bets of the week. I would say to be wary of this. Now, I understand Cup's not playing, and the Rams have a poverty roster. But I believe the Rams are 8-1 ATS, their last nine games versus the Seahawks. I wouldn't play this in Survivor. I wouldn't take – and I wouldn't take and – and, and I would not go to the window and lay a number with a Seahawks team who I love this year. Where are you at on Seahawks and um and um and Rams divisional matchup to start? The yeah, week? I mean, I like the Seahawks to win, but that's that's probably going to be one of the more boring games of the week, right? I guess one good thing you have if you are on the Rams side of this is what's the number one critique we see of this team? It's depth, right? They have no depth beyond the starters, yeah. right? They've traded away every single draft pick over these last ten years to try to win, so that means they have no depth. So week one, you do have your starters. That's the good thing, right? We haven't that's actually true. been able to be beat down by NFL injuries, which tends to happen every year. So that's what they do have on their side. The problem is, man, that offensive core is just ugly. It is. I mean, I like Stafford. Yeah. I think Stafford could still be a solid quarterback in the NFL right now. It feels like a lot of the, the league opinions are kind of low on him. But when you look at the rest of those guys, like Tutu Atwell, who really hasn't produced anything in his NFL career, oh, Dan God. Jefferson, a guy who's been a – wide receiver three at best and then now Nuaku, a rookie you know barely drafted towards the end of the the board i don't know man this is this is i would not be putting any real money on the rams this week that's for me at least so but would you play seattle in survivor I probably wouldn't. I have another team that I like more that I uh, that I think a lot of people may be hating on right now um but I, I probably would not know but I do like Seattle this year. All right. Hopefully we get to that team. Um is it Baltimore? Well, I love Baltimore, but it's my commander. Yeah, but everybody's <laughs> going to be on. Huh, who? 
Yeah, it's I mean, every, everyone in the world who, loves Baltimore. And I mean, I'm just across the Bay, right? I'm over here in D.C., right? I'm going the Commanders. I know nobody wants to lay seven. I laid six and a half. Six and a half was available for months. That's a good if number. You six and a half, I don't know. It's Like I said, it's week one. It's been up for like months. But I do think that's my favorite spot of the week. I think there's going to be so many chances to use the Ravens this week. I have a Super Bowl ticket on them already. I love what they've done with this offense. Why am I going to waste that week one? For me, I'm going to a team that I know I'm not going to feel comfortable putting in Survivor for the rest of the season. That's the Commanders against the worst team in the league. Yeah, I think the Commanders are high on my on, on my Survivor list as well. Um, one thing, so this is what it, when if you see the Commanders, six and a half, seven point favorite, understand that the team on the other side must really stink. You know what I'm saying? Now, one thing that you do got to take into the consideration, in my opinion, with the Commanders this week is, you got to understand, this is a rejuvenated fan base. This is a sold-out stadium. This stadium has not been sold out with Washington football fans in years. Like, the owner is gone. The big bad wolf is gone. This is almost going to be a celebration at FedEx Field this coming weekend. So I do think that the commanders get a win. Now, I would not take seven to the, to the window with the commanders, to be honest with you. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. But I, I do think that that's a good, a good selection. Uh, for Survivor. Now, as far as that game and looking at where the production is going to come from with the with the Arizona Cardinals, and I feel like it's got to be Marquise Brown, right? It, the game script should dictate to a good game for Marquise Brown, correct? I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because for me, there's another name. There's another sleeper that I'm going to be going real Ooh. heavy on in that team, and that's Rondell Moore. That's who I'm going to be going Rondell. with. And there's a very specific reason. I'm a big Commanders fan. And in fact, I'm a big fan of a corner named Benjamin St. Juice, right? I think he's a very uh, good corner. I think he has a lot of potential. The problem is the way the Commanders' new defensive scheme is sorting things out, Benjamin St. Juice, who's an above average size, is going to be playing in the slot. And that's their plan for this year, right? They Due to their draft picks, he's going to be their slot guy, right? Rondell Moore is one of the shiftiest wide receivers we have in the league. We, do, we know he does a lot of his work after the catch. This is a guy that's had a negative A dot at times, right? Completely all those screen passes, those weird kind of creative plays. Washington is also one of the worst tackling secondaries in the league, which is something that's been true for the last two years. And I really don't see much of a change in personnel here. So for me, I like the fact that Rondo Moore can just take a screen pass to the house. And I also like the fact that I think he has a great kind of speed mismatch in the slot right there, even though a guy like Marquise Brown will probably out-target him today. Uh, that's that's a good call right there, you know, uh, with, with Rondell Moore. I want to, before we get about it here, I want to touch on one of the more high-profile matchups for fantasy purposes, and that's Miami Dolphins, Los Angeles Chargers game out there in Los Angeles, uh, 4.25 p.m. Eastern time, start on Sunday. Total on this one, uh, sitting at 50 and a half, so we should have some fantasy fireworks. Um, a lot of dudes be liking this, you know, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, the rookie wide receiver, obviously, Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. And on the other side, you got who I think is the most dangerous man in fantasy football or in football, period. It's Tyreek Hill. As a matter of fact, you saw where the odds makers say he's like the only non-quarterback that can move a line. It's Tyreek Hill. That's how dangerous a player he is. But obviously, you got Jalen Waddle out there and some young pieces as well. Um, Tua, first start, Justin Herbert, Kellen Moore. When you come to handicapping this game and looking at this game from a a DFS standpoint, um, I will start by saying this. Take the uh, char a Charger Jaguar money line parlay feels right to me. 
Where are you at on this game? I like game? the Chargers a lot. I like the offense. Like you said, I think this is going to be fireworks. And if you're a DFS player, you know you got to get a piece of this game, right? Because there's so much potential for absolute fireworks that you can't miss out on this game. You might get burned. So for me, a guy like Tyree Kill, who you mentioned, obviously instantly pops off the page. He's someone that Underdog posted at 6.5 receptions. I think that's a pretty disrespectful line. Tyree Kill was 8.5 receptions by the end of last season. Sportsbooks don't have that lineup yet. I think they're a little bit scared to post it and get it hammered right there but if you can get Tyree Kill at six and a half receptions right now I would definitely love that I think it's you know you look at a guy like Tyree Kill how does he get better when he moves away from you know Patrick Mahomes how is that even possible it's really simple McDaniel is a great play caller and he has designed this offense around Tyree Kill he's designed this offense around speed and I think that we're going to see it in week one and Chargers I mean they're a good offensive team I'm a big fan of their offense they're not the strongest defensive team in the world I think there'll be plenty of points in this one what about my man, Big Mike Williams? Mike Williams is tough for me because he's just inconsistent on a week-to-week basis. So for betting purposes, I normally go to a guy like Keenan Allen, who we know is kind of reliable for those six receptions. But for guy. DFS, yeah. if you want to win a week, right, if you want that jump ball down the field, you want Mike Williams one-on-one in the end zone, we know he can give you a two-touchdown, 100-yard game. He does it all the time. So I like both these wide receivers. 32-bit. And the chat says, explain the Cowboys fan wearing a Yankee hat. It's very funny. Um, I was a Cowboy fan first. My, my my dad, Cowboy fan, that was passed along. Now, my son is actually a Commander fan, which my son is the contrarian. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he was out there at training camp this year, and he got an autograph from um, Emmanuel Forbes. So he was pretty pumped up about that, left hand up. Um, so, yeah, and then as far as the Yankees, like, I grew up in the shadow of Yankee Stadium. I can walk in Yankee Stadium. So, so I'm, but my, my basketball team is not the Lakers. I don't root for Duke. I don't root for North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know where you're going with that one, 32-bit. You know what I'm saying? But appreciate the comment. Hit that like button. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it rocking over here. Uh, one more I want to touch on. I have been a guy that has been very um, – no, let's talk about Nick Bosa signing with San Francisco San Francisco opens up this week on the road, like they opened up on the road last year versus the Pittsburgh Steelers team, who I believe has won four straight uh, openers. This game was like three and a half at one point. Then it was three. Then it was two and a half. I saw one this week. You know, Stu, I think by the time this game goes off on Sunday morning, I think the Steelers are going to be the favorite. That's yeah, that's crazy. I think the Bosa news might stop that in his tracks a little bit. I think people were a True. little bit worried about that. Now we know he's back. The only concern is how many snaps does a guy like that play? I think we hope it's a lot if you're on the Niners side. For me, this is a tough game. Obviously, we know Tomlin. Like I, I think you gotta you gotta take into. I think a lot of analytics guys throw away stuff like this, and I think it's bad. Tomlin has his team ready to go every year. That isn't like some narrative. That's a fact that's a you know that's part of him being an amazing coach and getting his guys ready to go we know not every coach really has their guys in a form in week one right so i do think that's something to take into account that being said i think this 49ers team is simply better i'm not a fan of brock purdy i watched him play college football if you watch him play college football you're probably not a fan of him if you're an nfl fan that just saw last year maybe you love the guy either way what i do love is the kyle shanahan system he makes this so easy for okay. these guys we're not asking you to read the field, buddy. We're asking you to make one read, hit one of your guys, and let him, you know, be a yak bro. That's what they do over there. So, for me, I think this Niners team is better on both sides of the ball. I'm not buying the fact that, okay, congrats, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense scored on every possession they had their starters in in the preseason. You're going against third and fourth string players, right? I'm not impressed by that. Yeah. I think the public is super in on Kenny Pickett. They love what they're seeing from the Steelers. For me, I'm just going to take the better team in this one in San Francisco. Interesting uh, right there. Um, 
Cleveland and Cincinnati, another interesting contest. Everybody's going to be all over Cincinnati. We know the team has been to the AFC Championship game the past two games in a row, the Cleveland Browns and how they looked this past season. I do think I am going. I saw underdog Deshaun Watson. I'm going to go higher, 24 and a half rushing yards for Deshaun Watson. And I think the Browns are going to be competitive in this game. And I would take the two and a half with Cleveland. Yeah. Um, well, we're getting to all my hot takes early. I'm off completely the Browns. I think for me, Deshaun Watson was my favorite player ever. I've watched every snap of his career. Not ever after two years ago. I'm kind of off that wave now, you know, with all the stuff we found out. But the point is, I'm a big fan of Deshaun Watson. And I think there's clearly proof on tape right from last year and now even in the preseason I'm not seeing the same guy out there and when you look at it he would be a historical outlier any player to sit out for a season and to come back we've seen dramatic drop-offs in production really no matter what the position is I know a lot of people are saying look let's just say you know Watson he's got all the pieces around him all he has to do is just play better than he did last year for me I haven't seen any proof that that's going to happen right whether it was the end of last year when you theoretically should be more comfortable with your offense or in preseason where like I said you're playing against backups you should look dominant out there Deshaun Watson at a time was in my opinion a top three quarterback in the league I'm not sure what's happened since then but I need to see it before I believe it so for me until he proves me wrong I'm going to be completely out on the grounds that you feel about the you feel about Deshaun Watson the way I feel about Kyle Pitts. I got to see it. I'm tired of hearing about it, Bigfoot. You know what I'm saying? Always hear about it, but never see it. The Watson, your Watson take is interesting. You know, I was looking at some numbers, right? And I and I understand the rust thing and stuff like that. But I was looking at his numbers, like those games that he played, he had the same like measurables as Zach Wilson. And I'm like, oh, this this guy was real bad last year. So maybe it is Russ. Well, I hope it was just Russ. If not. This is a Ben Simmons like fall off. Um, speaking <laughs> speaking of, and then we'll get out of here on this. Speaking of T people missing time, I agree with what you're saying, right? But everybody loves Calvin Ridley, and he just missed a year. But nobody's talking about Russ with Ridley, and I get it. He's not a quarterback per se, but you said it, you think it goes to any position. Yeah. Oh God, you're you're really making me give all my unpopular opinions right now. I'm kind of a little all bit. Good. I mean, in the same category, <laughs> I see everyone running out of the gates week one to bet Calvin Ridley sixty receiving yards, sixty two now, sixty three, whatever. I understand the appeal. My general opinion is I think Calvin Ridley actually does have a pretty solid season by the end of the year. I think actually a very good season. If you drafted him, I think you'll be happy. I think that's because the Jags will be worse than everyone expects. I think the ja- or the Jaguars are kind of a, a fake giant. I think everyone is expecting them to take that superstar leap, when in reality, the strength of their team is the skill position players. Look what happened on the offensive line with injuries. Look at that defensive line. This is not going to be a very strong defensive team. I'm a little bit worried about the offensive line now. I think Calvin Ridley will have a solid season because I think the Jaguars will be behind a little bit more than people are expecting. But for me, week one, after not seeing the guy play in over a year, I'm not going to be running to the gate. I'll just sit back here and watch. And hey, it may make me look dumb when he has 100 receiving yards and he looks like that same guy. But like one training camp video of him running around feels like it just propulsed this guy to be in a you know a top draft pick, which I, I'm not a part of right now. Jacksonville Jaguars again are trying to do something that is tough to do in sports and tough to do in life, and that is go from good to great. And hopefully, we can do that this season right here. Fantasy Fire and Ice, Sportstopia, HQ, Better Sports Network. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. That is the way you support us. And you also download that app. Getting ready to get up out of here. We'll be back tomorrow.
Fantasy Fire and Ice, talk some more football, get you ready for the weekend. Somebody named Steezy is going to be joining us, so I'll be happy to meet him as well. For my man, Stu, monotone football is Corey Parson, the fantasy exec. Keith, bring us home, baby. Mm-hmm.